Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. The book of Psalms, I'm just going to give you a thought here and um, pray that the Lord will let this word be anointed to our lives. Book of Psalms 134, the entire psalm is just consistent of three verses. And so when you read it, it doesn't take very long, but there is certainly some very, very valuable words there. The book of Psalms 134 and 1, the Bible says, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Verse number 2 says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made the heaven that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Um, If you notice in your Bible, I'm certain that most Bibles have this, that when you begin, uh, the, the heading of Psalms 134 begins by saying this, a psalm of degrees or a song of degrees. And actually, if you go back in your Bible, all the way to the 120th Psalm, beginning from the 120th Psalm through the 134th Psalm, they they all begin with this same heading, this same listing, a song of degrees. A degree is a journey. It's It's a step up. It's a journey to a higher place or a step. In other words, people have in education varying degrees and all of those degrees are journeys upward. And so when David is saying here in his writing by giving this header, a song of degrees, it is a journey. Actually, these 15, these 15 books of Psalms tell the, the journey of David and his ascent to the house of the Lord. One of the most famous passages of Scripture that we find and that we remember or recognize really out of the hundred of these psalms is the 122nd Psalm, verse 1, when David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so these are songs of degrees or they're songs of a journey. And uh, in Psalms 134, David pays specific or at least particular attention to the people that are going to be doing something unique. And uh, so he addresses a specific target audience. And so I'm going to read this again real quickly, just verse number one. He says, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. So David was speaking to those who specifically were going to be standing in the house of God or in the temple at night. And um, we know according to the Old Testament that the Levites were the servants of the Lord And the Levites were given the responsibility to tend or to take care of the house of God. And so they were anointed to minister in holy things. 
According to Numbers 3, they were there uh, to take care of the sanctuary, to see after it. And so they were appointed by God. So these were no menial tasks. This was not just someone who was hired to sweep the floor, so to speak, but the Levites were appointed by God to take care of the house of God. And so it's apparent that some of them had a unique responsibility and that was to stand in the house of the Lord by night or during the night. They stood there to guard holy things and they were also to make sure that, uh, for instance, that the fire didn't go out on the altar. They were there to make sure that that the light and the candlesticks never went out and so someone had to take care of all of these things after the sun went down, after sunset. Amen. So this is what many might refer to as work in the night shift. And I know a little bit about that when we first got married or just when we were dating. I uh, had a job working the night shift and many of our uh, people in our congregation have similar jobs. And uh, so you know the, the sometimes dubious task of working at night. You know, almost anybody can worship the Lord when everything is going well. You know, I, I, I noticed one common denominator last week at camp meeting And that was the fact that we didn't have a hard time having church Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night. We didn't have a hard time doing that. It was camp meeting. We had uh, great music, great singing, great preachers, and and so we were all there. It wasn't hard to worship the Lord in in an atmosphere like that. When you're walking through those daylight hours of your life, it's not difficult at all. But there are times that it's a real challenge to pray a real challenge to worship the Lord. And, uh, and so that, those are the, the hours or the days that we need to address here this evening. What's going to happen when we're not at camp meeting or what's going to happen when we don't have a special guest speaker or what's going to happen when, when everything is not coming up roses in our life? What are we going to do when, when life just kind of closes in on us? And I thank I think the Lord that, that uh, I've had the privilege through my lifetime to, to be exposed to people that you knew uh, it, that they were going through some very tra- traumatic things in their life. And, and yet you see them continue to just move forward in God. And, and, I, and I'm not saying that they're superhuman or supernatural in any sense, but they were able to just continue to come to the house of God or continue even during a corporate worship service to be able to lift up their hands and magnify the Lord even during trying seasons of their lives. And I was thankful to be exposed to people like that and and I'm encouraged by that today. I've mentioned many times when you see people that you know are experiencing enough uh, for them to have a sad countenance but yet they come to to the house of God and and they don't let that be the barometer or set the course of their day. They just continue, not in a pretentious and shallow way, but they just continue to worship God because he's worthy. Amen. It, It takes somebody very special and it takes a real anointing of God to be able to do that. But we have to get our hands on that because the sun doesn't always shine. Amen. And so I don't want to be up and down and in and out and and uh, cold and and warm, but I want there to be some consistency in my walk with God, amen. And so if we think about that with me, and I've mentioned uh, several times through the years about uh, the night, uh, the night, one definition of of night or one way to look at night is, is the folding away from light 
just folding something away. God folds away the beauty and the majesty and the splendor of all that we can behold in the daylight and he just shrouds it with the uncertainty of night. He folds away, for instance, the songs of the birds. He, he doesn't destroy the birds at the end of every day. He just folds it away for the night. God just tucks it away, the awe and the majesty of his creative work and his glory. He doesn't destroy his creation at the end of every day. He doesn't raise every valley up level and mash every mountain top down flat. He doesn't destroy the trees at the end of every day and recreate them afresh every morning, but he just shrouds them by the cover of night. We don't, we don't see them. They're there, but we don't see them. God doesn't destroy that. I, I remember, and I know this is uh, really an, an age-old illustration. I heard this many, many times before I literally experienced it for myself, but I had been off somewhere preaching by, my, by myself several years ago, and where I was, I was up north, and it had been snowing and very dreary and, and gray the entire time that I'd been there, and, and I was really anxious to get back home for many reasons, but I remember specifically this one day when the plane took off, we made our way through those gray clouds, and just a little while, we just, we just busted through those clouds, and the sun was shining, and it just looked like an uh, an entire floor of clouds and gray. It was all, and the, the sun had been shining all along. I heard that illustration many, many times before I ever lived to experience that, but it was, it was encouraging to me to realize that it's really true. The sun was shining all along. These clouds were just temporary. He didn't, de- doesn't destroy that. He doesn't destroy that. He just, he just puts it away for the night. Amen. The coming of the night doesn't mean that day is forever done away with. He just folded it away for a season of time. David had a complete understanding here when we look at this 134th Psalm of what was going to be happening, what was going to be taking place to those that were tending the house of God at this particular time. It was night and they were going to have to trust in the Lord in a manner that others just simply would not understand. Their worship, was gonna be quite unlike the worship of those that had been there during the day. As I've already stated, it's one thing to praise God when everything's going wrong, or right rather, but it's quite another thing to praise God and worship God when it just seems like you can make no sense of life. You just can't get everything to connect. You can find no answer. It seems like prayers are just falling in the street and it seems like all of our effort and energy is is just falling at our feet. Amen. There is not the sense of security at night that there is during the day, but yet God still requires of us a song. God still requires of us worship and praise, and I'm thankful that it's, it's not predicated upon how we feel. Amen, we come in because he's worthy and praise him. That's why David said we ought to enter in with praise and we ought to enter in with thanksgiving. David wasn't being oblivious to the fact that all of us were going to seasons of highs and seasons of lows, but he said no matter what the circumstances of our lives are, he is still worthy of our praise and adoration. Amen. There's an interesting passage of scripture that I've often referred to in the book of Leviticus. The Levitical law uh, in chapter 23 taught us that we are to take uh, we are to take the branches, the palm branches, and worship the Lord. In that same scripture, he also said that we are to also take the, 
the branches of willow trees to worship the Lord. I've preached about that several times, that the, that the palms represent times of victory. We find the children of Israel uh, on, their, on their wilderness journey by the 70 palms, and we find many times the palm representing times of victory and times of success. I preached about this very recently about Jesus entering into Jerusalem. The scripture said that he would come in and, and as, they, as he came in, the scripture says that they laid before him uh, not only their garments but branches of palm trees. And so it was a sign of victory because indeed the Messiah had come in to Jerusalem. Amen. But there are also times that we are to worship him with the willow tree. When you think about uh, the 137th Psalm, for example, we find the children of Israel in bondage. We find them uh, in a situation where it wasn't easy to worship the Lord. And the scripture says that they hung their harps in a willow tree. It was, a, it was something that denoted sadness, but the Levitical law says wherever, whether or not you're holding the palm or whether you're holding the willow, we come into the house of God to worship him. Amen, I, I'm not foolish enough to think that all is well with everybody sitting here tonight. Even if I ask you how's everything going and you say, all right. I don't think you're telling a story. I just think that's a Shunammite, all is well. <laughs> the Shunammite woman said, when asked how are things, all is well. And when she said all was well, she had a dead baby back home. We understand that sometimes there's things going on in our lives Amen. So whether it's a palm tree or whether it's a willow branch, whether it's times of great excitement and revival or times of trial and discomfort, we're still going to magnify and praise the Lord. And so what he, that's what the Lord was instructing. Either way, we have a mandate upon us to praise the Lord. Circumstances often attempt to, to uh, interfere with uh, what's going on in our lives or the flow of what's going on in our lives or the, our relationship with the altar but I cannot allow that. I must say this is not going to happen today. I've got to pray. I've got to pray when it's easy. I've got to pray when it feels like it comes natural. And other times I've got to push myself to the altar and you'll help me not feel quite so carnal if you'll say amen to that. There are days the word of God just is alive. And it's so exciting reading it. And there's other days I'm reading it and I have to read it again and read it again and read it again and read it again because I just can't get it to click. Amen, you're sure helping me out here with your nods and smiles and, and uh, we're all in this together, aren't we? Amen. Amen, so whether with palm or whether with willow, we're gonna lift up and magnify the name of the Lord. Amen, sometimes we are rejoicing uh, when, and it is a time of victory and sometimes we're rejoicing and it's times of trials. I don't want to allow that to determine my level of involvement. He's worthy. He is absolutely worthy. And so as we look at David in this 134 Psalm, we see him address those that are serving in the sanctuary or those that are serving in the temple at night. He sees with certainty the particular hour that they're going to be worshiping and he addresses their needs. I want you to, to look at another passage of scripture with me because this passage is actually found in Ezekiel and Ezekiel describes for us the, taper, the tabernacle or the temple. And so if we look at Ezekiel uh, 41 and verse number six, I'm not gonna read this whole verse because I just wanna 
uh, grab a few words out of the, the very front side of it. Ezekiel 41 and 6 says this, and the side chambers, and the side chambers were three, one over another, and 30 in order, et cetera, et cetera, and there's a greater description of that, but what I want to get out of that is the first few words, and the side chambers were three, one over the other. That may be what we would refer to today as a three-story or three levels, and then if the, the Bible describes this multi-level, and then in verse 7, he gives us an interesting description of this house, and he speaks about the staircase or the stairway, so to speak, that takes you from one level to another. Verse number seven, and there was an enlarging and a winding about still upward to the side chambers. For the winding about of the house went still upward round about the house. Therefore the breadth of the house was still upward and so increased from the lowest chamber to the highest by the midst. And so what Ezekiel is describing for us here, especially at the onset of this scripture, there was an enlarging and a winding about still upward to the side chambers, for the winding about of the house went still upward round about, in the, uh, round about the house. And so Ezekiel is describing for us a winding staircase, a winding about to the next level, to the next floor. A winding staircase is somewhat different than a straight staircase. If I was standing here tonight and there were stairs in front of me that were going up and it was just a straight staircase, I could see from the very beginning, from the very bottom, where I was going to have to put my foot this time and the next time and the next time and the next time. And so even though I'm going up, I can stand here and I can know with certainty and with assurance what I'm going to be doing. But Ezekiel describes this degree of going up as a winding staircase. And when you're talking about a winding staircase, you've got enough sense to picture this in your mind if you can tonight. If I'm standing at a winding staircase, the steps are going up and eventually the steps are out of sight. And so I can't stand here and see each step one after the other, after the other, after the other. But David understands that. And so he says to these that are going to be going up and up and up and up, I mean, he realizes that they're not going to be able to stand from where you are and see exactly where you're going. And then when you compound that with the darkness that David refers to or the night that he refers to, you can certainly see the significance of the warning or the admonition that David is given here. And so he says in, the, in his admonition in verse number, uh, in chapter 34, verse number one, I believe there of Psalms, he says, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. And so David admits you're on one level and you gotta get to another level. And I understand that it's a winding about. I realize that you're not gonna be able to see from this step necessarily where you're gonna be four steps from now. And so David adds another dimension to that. He says, now let go of the handrail. I'm putting this in our language. And lift up your hands in the sanctuary, even if you're in the house of God. And you can't see that winding about. And you don't know where you're gonna be four steps from now. He said, you don't need to be holding on for dear life. We're in safe hands because we're in the tabernacle of the Lord. So lift up your hands. Amen. And so I'm talking about 
about what we can do even when the sun goes down in our lives, even after the sun has set in our lives, and even when we're standing blanketed by uncertainty, and even when I'm standing here and I know that God is leading me upward. I, I wanna just testify to you tonight. I've had seasons of my life where I knew that God was taking me on a journey. I knew the Lord was trying to take me to a higher place. I knew where I was going was up. Can anybody relate to this? But there was so much uncertainty that blanketed that. I knew that God, I could feel in my spirit that the Lord was taking me somewhere, but he just kept it all blanketed by night. He had all the songbirds hush. He had the sun go down. I was unable to see the mountains and the birds and the trees but I knew that God was taking me somewhere. And David said, what you need to do in this particular situation is lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Don't get frozen on the journey. Don't stop midway. Don't, don't, don't get scared and turn around, but we're going to realize God is taking us to a higher place. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord? Can we do that? Even during the day, it would be in our best interest to hold the handrail. <laughs> but he said, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. You're gonna survive. You're gonna lift up your hands in the sanctuary. And David realized that it's just a season that day has been folded away. Day has just been placed out of sight. David knew there was going to be a time when everything that used to make so much sense now made no sense whatsoever. And we just all move differently at night than we do in the daytime. In our homes, as familiar as we are with where all the furnishings are, at night we still take shorter strides in our steps just in case I didn't put those boots where they belong. <laughs> On some off chance I didn't put something up, you know. <laughs> we just move differently at night. Even though it's the same house, same hallway, same living room, same bed, we're just a little more guarded at night because it's blanketed with uncertainty. Amen. The absence of day. But listen to another detail that Ezekiel adds to the description of the staircase. He says, therefore, the breadth of the house was still upward and so increased from the lower chamber to the highest by the midst. Amen. We're going up. And when we go up, it's going to get broader and wider. Amen. God is going to take us to a place, amen, of, of, of adding to us a psalm of degrees Amen. There's an enlarging of the staircase. It increased from the lowest to the highest. And that's how God works. If we'll allow him to take us from where we are to where we need to be, there will be an ever-increasing. No, I can't see it all. I don't make sense of everything. But I'm walking by faith because I believe that God has placed me where I am right here this night. And I believe that God has placed you where you are right here this night. And maybe you can't see tomorrow. But you know in your spirit that God has you on a journey.
God has you on a journey of degrees, a place, a higher, a journey to a higher place. And so don't be, uh, don't be discouraged because you can't see five steps from now. Don't be discouraged because you realize where you're going is up there, but you can't see exactly where to put your feet. You know where to take the next step maybe, but you don't know about the next one and the next one and the further you go, the more uncertainty is there. But the Lord said, lift up your hands and praise me and magnify me. That's how God works. If we will trust him, he will see us through. I really liked what Brother uh, Thomas said Sunday morning. I wrote it down a little post-it note because I didn't want to forget it. Amen. He said, uh, he said, if you can take the pulling, he'll pull you through. Amen. Now, everybody may not have caught that, but I love little things like that. And so if you can take the pulling, God stretches us sometimes and God pulls us sometimes. But if we can take the pulling, he'll pull us through. Amen. David knew that some could never serve the Lord in the absence of the accolades of men. Some would never be able to serve God shrouded by night where no one could really see what they were doing. And they were, uh, some people get addicted to the praises of others and, and some have to have a consistent pat on the back in order to make it. But David was saying what we need to do is just fall in, in love with the journey. And whether the journey is uh, a, a stretch of road that's just wonderful and beautiful and, and, and filled with great, with great scenery or whether the journey is something that, that just seems very uh, mundane. I want to be able to praise and magnify the Lord. Even though it was night outside and the way of the winding staircase may be treacherous, go ahead, David said, and raise your hands. Even if you're in the darkest hour of your life, praise me in the temple. Amen. I can assure you that God will be right there to help us. I've, I've found the Lord an always faithful, forever faithful friend. And so he's reminding us to let go and, and allow the Lord to guide us even through times and seasons of uncertainty. God can still lead us when the sun goes down. There's a lot of people in the Bible that served God and worshiped him during the night, so to speak, or during seasons of uncertainty. Again, I preached about this not too long ago, but I, would, I, I just can't ever get over the little servant girl in the house of Naaman the leper that was not there of her own choosing. But when she saw the leprosy in Naaman's life and saw what it was doing to his body, she couldn't be quiet. And she had to testify to him or witness to him rather about the prophet Elisha. There is somewhere you can go. I can give you direction in this midnight hour. Now, this young girl had enough problems of her own. It would seem to me that she would have enough problems of her own to say, well, you know, I've got so much going on in my own life. I mean, I'm a servant. I'm a captive here in, in the house of Naaman the leper. But she said, you know, I'm going to reach outside of where I am and me, 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 and I'm going to point you in the direction. Let me give you an address, sir. If you'll get to the door of this man right here, this man can pray a prayer, and his God can heal your body. Amen, worshiping the Lord when the sun has gone down. In one of the darkest moments of her life, she pointed a man to the way of, help, to the way of help. When I think about all the nameless and the faceless men and women of the word of God that faithfully serve God even in the shadows, it's often mentioned certainly when we're talking about this and this train of thought, it's often mentioned the closing verses of Hebrews 11, how that there were others that didn't receive the things that God had uh, that they were reaching for, believing for, 
They had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings and yea, moreover bonds and imprisonment. Hebrews said they were stoned and sown asunder and tempted and were slain with a sword and wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. And listen to what verse 38 says about these desperate people of whom the world was not worthy. And so lest we just think they're just trash because they're destitute and without and because uh, they were <clears throat> sown asunder, the Bible says that the world was even worthy to have their presence on this planet. They wandered in the desert and in mountains and dens and caves of the earth and all these having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. Amen. I know you've heard me talk about this several times but I will close with this illustration. <clears throat> My father uh, spent his entire working career driving a truck and I always dreamed of doing that and went with him every chance I had. My dad would allow me to go across the road and into the field where he parked this truck and uh, he would allow me to start it up and I could pull forward and back up. Pull forward and back up. Pull forward and back up. And you just can't imagine all the states that I was able to visit my mind sitting behind the wheel of that big old truck just pulling up about 100 feet, backing up about 100 feet. And I just felt 10 foot tall and bulletproof and, and that was my dream to travel the world all over this country rather. And then there were those nights that dad would forget something in his truck and you've heard me talk about this, send me across the street and all those ghosts and goblins and how that he at first would stand at the or even maybe take a few steps down the, the steps and stand out in the yard, that was enough. And then as I got older, he would just stand at the door. But there come a day I had to learn to walk out there by myself in the dark. It's amazing to me that perhaps just a few hours before I was sitting behind the wheel of that truck dreaming, full of hopes, happy as a kid could be. And now the place that brought so much hope, the place that had given birth to so many dreams was filled with nothing but fear. And it was fearful because I couldn't see the grass. I couldn't see the trees. And I couldn't hear the birds singing. But they were all there. They had just been folded away for the night. And so tonight... Sometimes the very thing that brings so much hope and so many dreams and gives so many spiritual aspirations, there are other seasons of our lives that that very thing can seem so fearful and so uncertain. And it's only because the sun has set. But David also said, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning.
And so no matter how dark it is in your world this evening, no matter how dark it may be in your world tomorrow or next week, I don't say this as an empty promise. I say this because I'm quoting this. Joy comes in the morning. Just a few moments ago, just across the field from this very building, the sun dipped down behind those trees. It brought with it a lot of uncertainty. But if we'll just hang on, we won't have to do anything. We won't have to do one thing. I promise you pacing around outside, rubbing your hands together, pounding the pavement won't make the sun come up one moment earlier. But I will also say this, you can do nothing to stop it from coming. You can stand and face this way and speak against it all night long if you want to. You can scream until there's no voice left. But in just a few hours from the very moment we're standing here, it's coming back. Amen. I want to know how, how to worship and praise God even after sunset. Amen. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord. Lord, I love you today. So thankful to you. Let's worship the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.